Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hey everyone, how are you? Happy Monday. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. You had a little love in your life. That would have been great and a lot of fun. I know I hit the beach on Sunday. It was phenomenal. Anyway, I am your coach here for the next hour. I am known as a life and love transformation expert and I'm on a mission to change the way the world loves. And I hope you, my listeners, my angels of love and my love transformers will help me spread the word on how to have conscious, loving and respectful relationships. I hope you caught last week's show four. It was phenomenal. I had Jordan Kimball from The Bachelorette on. He gave an amazing interview. You can go back to the archives and listen to that about what millennial men want in love, what does he want in love, and he's currently on Bachelor in Paradise, which is on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Is he going to find love on the island? So we discuss all of that. It was really great having him as a guest. Make sure you catch that episode. Tonight's topic we hit on last week. We're going to continue week we talked about what is emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious love. Tonight, we're going to talk about what are the core ingredients for personal happiness because a great love relationship begins with you. Let's get evolved. And that is E-V-O-L-V-E-D. And I'm going to help you learn your part in having a healthy relationship. I'm going to teach you some of the exact skills you need to attract and keep a fantastic partner. And that means no matter your age, whether you're a man or a woman, straight or LGBT, or if you're single or in an exclusive relationship. Our ultimate goal is for you to have the life you desire and the love that you deserve. If you can't wait and you really want to meet with me personally, then apply for a free life and love transformation discovery session. Just go to my website, rihannamilne.com and tell me your story. Only I get to see that private email. I am looking to see how I can help you best. Let's get going into tonight's topic. If you hear something too that'll benefit a friend or a loved one, please make sure you share the show link and leave a comment and a rating and share the love. I'd really appreciate it. Let's continue with the great relationship and what does it mean to be evolved? I did go into that last week, so I'm just going to say a short summary. Basically, it's being your highest and your best self. We're going to go deep into what that means tonight. So I can't say it in one or two sentences because I'm going to give you an hour of what evolved means. And it also means having a lot of internal love and happiness because you must love yourself first before you can love another. You have to feel exceptionally happy about who you are as a person. You feel proud of who you are. You're living a life that you enjoy. And you just feel pretty terrific about everything. So let's start with a simple list of 12 items that are identified that make most people happy. Once you write these 12 down, if you want, I I always suggest my people take notes because I always give so much information each week. But then you want to rank them 1 to 12 with 1 being the most important. These are all things that I definitely go into deep with with my coaching clients in our life portion of their coaching program. And we make sure these are all satisfied 
before moving on to the loving relationship or dating. First is having a satisfying work life. You love your career. You're happy to go to work. You enjoy the work environment. I know when I had my therapy practice down here in Delray, and now I'm a global coach, but my office had no windows and I was suffering. <laughs> After a couple of years, I said, I've had it. I can't be in an office with no windows. And my New Jersey office had plenty of windows and lots of sun coming in. And I just loved working there. And my clients felt at home. And this little box office was, I said, I work in a box. You know, It was driving me crazy. That was one thing that I knew I had to change. And now I'm loving working at home and looking at my lake all day. And there's birds and flowers and all kinds of cool things I can keep an eye on. So your work life, your environment, the work that you do, you have to have purpose in your work. Do you feel like you're serving other human beings in some way or you're sharing your art or you're helping a needy person or an animal? Something that gives back that makes you feel like you are living your purpose. This is something, if you're not in satisfying work, we go very deep. And I'd say probably 50 to 60% of my coaching clients either improve their work or they find new work or start a brand new career. And I coach them in that as well. That would be number one. Number two is having an active social life and friendships. Friendships that really mean something to you, like a brother or a sister, someone that you go way far back on. They know you, you're your total authentic self. I think of my friendships and I've got friends from mine at Penn State when I was 19 years old. Oh my gosh, it's 40 years that they're my friends and they know me, they love me. But whenever we talk, it's like yesterday and we don't have to live next to each other. We still love each other from afar. And my New Jersey friends, I still have them. Many of them have moved to Florida. So those friendships mean a lot, especially when you just want to call and vent. They get you, they love you, they're there to support you. And in active social life, especially for singles, we really look at what are they doing to get out there and meet other people, men and women. So they make women friends and you know, have a chance to date. Yet they're networking as well or listening to music or doing something they enjoy. I remember I took a Chinese cooking class this spring because I thought that's different. That would be fun. And that was just really something cool to do. And I also do business networking just to meet new people in my community that are on top of what's going on in business and see how we can network and help each other out. Your social life can be either business oriented, personal oriented, growth, creative, all those are super important. Number three is the loving relationship. Again, we examine the life stuff first to make sure the loving relationship can be happening. For my singles, being successful single first, if I'm working with my couples, we do still look at the individual, make sure their sense of happiness is there and work on that if it's not, as we're starting to build new skills in the relationship. The next one is looking attractive, feeling good about the image you're presenting to the world. As a young girl, I went to model and talent school. I actually won a scholarship in eighth grade, poured my heart out into an essay. I really wanted to go. I was very tall and skinny. I said, I can be skinny and be accepted in the modeling world. (laughs) Many, many people, I think there was over 60 girls that applied to win this $500 scholarship. And back then that was a ton of money. I won. I was shocked I won. I was so grateful I won. And it started changing everything about me. And it's funny, people say, you know, do you do your hair every day? And it's like, no, it's just how I said it. It's just every day. Like every day I wear makeup, I do my hair and it's just kind of 
since 12, you learn, put your best foot forward, look attractive to the best of your ability that you can. And that's always important in dating world. And it should never stop. Once you have your partner, you always want to keep the attraction factor going. I know for men, that is the number one caveman need because they want to be attracted to their partner. The caveman wants to procreate the race, right? Um, Make more humans. If you're a female with a man, you definitely want to keep looking attractive for your man. And same as in gay partnerships, you know, always looking great for each other. Good physical health. We don't always do that for your partner, but it's important to stay fit. But it's really important for yourself to have ongoing fitness regimen that you enjoy. And it doesn't have to be two to three hours in the gym every day. One day could be tennis, another day ride your bike, another one cardio, doing light weights, but just staying fit so that you can have a long and vital life. The next one is good emotional health. We call that emotionally healthy love because we want to make sure there's mood management. Very important in having a successful relationship. You can't be yelling and screaming at your partner and think your relationship's going to stay together. It just won't. Being emotionally balanced and loving and kind, even if you don't agree on something, you simply say, babe, I don't agree on this one. And it's okay because you're two different people. You're entitled to two different opinions right? Nobody should have to railroad the other person. I see this happening in politics. So what if you disagree? It's That's why you're two different human beings and just respect the other person's opinion and let it go. A good emotional health is super important. And being that the studies show nine out of 10 people did grow up with some childhood trauma, it's very important that you work through those issues so you're not doing any unconscious poor behavioral patterns with your partner because that over time is going to ruin the love, trust, respect, and joy in your relationship. Next one is being successful. Now, many people in the U.S. define successful with financial income. That's certainly one way. But successful to me means having a life that you really love. Work that brings a big purpose, enough income that gives you a home that you love walking into every day, enough to give your children the life that they would enjoy. I worked a lot when I was young. I was a single mom for many years, and I wanted to make sure my daughters were able to see Broadway, you know, the creative arts and culture. So we went to Paris and I took them to Greece because they're half Greek. And I think they should have seen and enjoyed the culture, which is amazing there art history and architecture. That is some of my definition of successful life. Good friends who are there over many years, having a great partner, fun, joyful life. Everyone defines successful in different ways, but you want to write that down and say, am I living up to my goal and my dream of what it means to be successful? One thing I've always done since I was very young, I always made goals for my birthday. My birthday's coming up in September. I always make three personal goals and three business goals. And I really set into action a great goal setting plan that of course all my clients learn that's in module two of their coaching program. And it keeps you growing. I know my really good childhood friend, Michael, was killed by a drunk driver when we were 16 and it devastated all of us in our high school. We were very close class. We all grew up together, most of us from childhood, kindergarten on up. And that was a big loss for me because Michael lived down the street and across the cornfield from me. And he was my buddy. There is a Milne for every Marcucci. That's his last name. And there was five of us and 18 kids in his family. When he died, it was the first death I ever experienced. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how much time do we 
we have. I started to live with intention. I was probably one of the most serious kids you'd ever want to see at 16 and 17 years old, thinking, how much life do I have? And what do I want to do before I'm gone? And one of them was to have my books in Barnes and Noble store. That was one thing I wanted to do. And then I wanted to be a counselor. That was really important to me. And I love the creative arts and I wanted to be involved with the arts. And at the time I was a promotional model in Philadelphia for a radio station named WFIL. I don't know if any of my listeners are from Philly, but that was the best radio station ever. It was an AM station. This is before FM was invented, guys, so I'm aging myself a little bit. But we were promotional models and worked all over the city representing FIL. And some of the cool things that I did was dancing on stage with Queen, Fred and Mercury at the Night of the Opera concert and hanging out with Joe Frazier. And, and I was able to introduce John Lennon to my brother, Jack, who was, loved the Beatles. Me, I was a disco queen. Of course, I liked the Beatles, too. But we were sponsoring John Lennon's concert. You know, for 16 year old girl that was pretty cool stuff wanted to be in the talent industry in some way and I grew up at 26 I had my own model and talent school and agency and I put a lot of people on the map even my daughter sang three multi-platinum CDs with a top artist and she did that years ago when she was 17 18 19 so goal setting is something I've done my entire life I've taught my kids to do it I've taught my clients to do it my models my actors my singers my dancers and my business people the people I coach to grow a new business. Every one of my business I've grown without a loan. It was just sheer desire. My dad would call it the five D's. This is one of the lessons my dad gave me. He said, "Hun, if you got the five D's, you can do anything. Just drive, dedication, devotion, desire, and dare to dream. The five D's were always forefront of my mind. And if I had a high desire, I just went for it with my goal setting plan in place. Being successful can happen for anyone and in the way that you define it. And you know, in my books, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve went number one on Amazon. It was in women in spirituality, in couples therapy, and number two in psychology. And there's a half a million books in psychology. So Number two is not so bad, but I was so thrilled when I saw them both in Barnes and Noble store. I was like, yes, you know, and it was just one of those things that I waited for that I could write the book. Love is 464 pages and its sister book is Live Beyond Your Dreams. From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success. And it's all about this mindset for success that I will be going deeper into on this radio show. I know my books have it. And if you'd like free chapter downloads of my books, there's like the first 50 or 60 pages of the books you can download right on my website, rihannamilne.com. And if you like them, please, you can purchase them at BNN or BNN.com or on Amazon. And please leave me a review. That would be awesome. It's really nice to be able to help motivate and inspire with my written words. Um, That would be great. The next one on the list is a good sex life. So I say to my clients, it's called making love for a reason. You're making love, you're sharing your heart, your soul, your trust, your safety with someone. It should be an act that's very cherished, yet passionate, comforting, and that should always feel very good. It should not feel forced in any way. Next one is a nice home. I always say design your home like every time you walk and you say, I love being here. And everyone in my homes, I design like that. And I go through actually with my coaching clients, they take their camera and they go around their house or their apartment. And I give decorating tips for everybody to create a more loving and romantic atmosphere. 
And when Alexi, my daughter, got her hosting shows on HGTV, she's done two of them. They said, well, how did you learn interior design? She goes, I used to watch my mom design her homes. And she goes, she worked hard. You wouldn't believe how much she could do with just a little. Because I wasn't like rolling in dough when I had to support two kids. I earned enough. And my homes weren't huge. But when I decorated them, they were always beautiful. And always everyone felt good walking into them. I had interior design I call one of my hobbies. But she learned by watching And then she became a host on HGTV, which was pretty cool. Peace of mind, really important that you feel bliss and joy during your day. Go to your happy place. To me, it's the ocean. To some people, it's hiking and the woods. I grew up with woods by my house. My whole family was swimmers and we love the beach too. If you're feeling stressed out, I always say do get to nature at least once a week to sit and meditate, read, just chill, think about your goals, your desires for this week if something's not working out or you're feeling challenged it's a great place just to think that through and I always say think outside of the box this is something I learned the marketing and sales director his name was Gene Vassell at WFIL he was brilliant in marketing and I was so fortunate to learn under him I started working at FIL when I was 14 and he always said hun you gotta have a gimmick and I don't mean that in a bad way and he meant what is different that you can do than everybody else And then you market and promote that. The gimmick means it's not to fool anyone. No, it's a good way of saying, be original, be unique. Think of things that everyone else is not doing. For example, even at my therapy practice, clients would walk in and there was like jazz music, you know, or soundscapes on. And there was great coffee there from Keurig. And there was chocolates there. There was always something to read. Uh, you know, they felt like they were at home. They walked into a beautiful atmosphere. I love that. And they loved it. And they really appreciated it. And within the office, it was decorated very modern, but comfortable. And they loved being in there. They could throw their feet up on the couch and they felt totally at home. And a lot of offices tend to be very sterile. I didn't want that. I wanted to create that environment of love and comfort. Do what you can to do that for yourselves and your family to create peace of mind. The next one is personal growth. Always growing, always learning. So important, especially when it comes to faith-based concepts, to personal transformation, anything that gets you beyond feeling anxious or depressed, something that's motivating, inspiring. I know I'm always reading two or three books at one time. My time at the beach is like, great, I get to read. You know, I get to sit for a couple hours and just read and escape into my next book that inspires me and says, what more can I bring to my clients to make them feel inspired too? Personal growth should always be going on in your life. And the last one is leisure time and fun. Gotta have fun, guys. Otherwise, what's the work worth? I used to say work hard, play hard. Now I want to say enjoy my work and play harder. (laughs) That's my goal at this stage. You got to have time for fun. You've got to make sure you schedule that out for you and your partner and your family. That is the happiness list. That's 12 things. You can put that in order for yourself. We're going to go into next. What defines you? Who are you? There are four different categories I'm going to go deeper into. The first one is the whole person. The second one is the four needs of each human being, the four intelligences, and the four attributes. 
Let's start with whole person. Who are you as a person? Well, first of all, there's your body, okay? your cells, your skin, your muscles, your brain. But it's so important with the body that you maintain health in all areas, right? Even getting your doctor appointments in, you know, scheduling that, getting your fitness time in, watching your diet, everything you're eating. Is it nourishing the cells? Every morning I have a green shake. I have it's apples and pears and spinach leaves and romaine lettuce and lemon and protein powder, which is green powder. And I just feel like my cells are just like soaking it up. You know, it's like, oh, I'm feeding all my cells all this great green stuff. You know, it's wonderful. Getting eight hours of sleep, so important that you're resting the brain. And if you're doing intensive brain work, like I create a lot, I'm writing webinars and classes and books. And sometimes by the three or four of the afternoon, if I start at eight, 30 or eight, my brain is fried and I need 40 minutes or five minutes just to lay down, rest my head, rest my brain. Your body will feel it. It will feel the fatigue. So respect what your body is saying to you. Same thing when my clients come to me, very much people of childhood trauma are used to having ongoing anxiety. And some people are on medications trying to get rid of the symptoms, but the body is telling you you're anxious for a reason. When they start working with me within two weeks, they are off their medications. They are doing holistic things that I coach them to do. And very soon they learn how to totally calm down their body. That leads into the next one, which is mind and the mindset. And we nourish the mind by doing meditation every day. 15 minutes, we build it into our schedules. And it's funny when they start, they're like, I don't have 15 minutes. I I said, you've got to find 15 minutes to give to yourself because it will calm everything. It is proven over and over again in science that meditation eases and decreases anxiety depression, cortisol levels, which is a fight or flight, keeps you high stressed as cortisol, and your blood pressure, and increases dopamine and serotonin levels of your brain, which are your happy chemicals, and you only need 15 minutes a day to do that. We do one that I read in a book, it's a combination of divine meditation. It also brings in the law of attraction, and we will have a show on law of attraction too, because I very much believe in it. The, The meditation give the body the breath that it needs. It calms the mind and you start, you have gratitude prayers in there. You have the request of putting out to the universe what it is that you're looking for that you want to have happen. And then you have visualization and then you have a final question where you ask the universe, God, your higher power, what do you want me to know? And it's so miraculous. Some of the answers that have come through for me on that, like the home I'm sitting in, walked in. I said, this is it. I love it. Cathedral ceilings, lots of glass, the lake. I saw birds flying around. I'm like, this is it. Put in the offer. And I said, sorry, Rihanna, there's a cash offer in there. You're not going to get the house. I'm like, oh, all right, we'll keep looking. Immediately, I put it into my meditation. I started visualizing the house exactly as I was going to decorate it, where my art was going to go, my furniture, everything. 
And I kept praying on it like I was going to get it. In part two of my meditation, you say, thank you for, thank you for my home that's coming to me. And visualization is part three of the meditation. And I was visualizing it. And about a month and a half later in my meditation, question four, God, what do you want me to know? And I heard, and it's not a voice in the out real world. It's a voice inside you that comes up through you. And it's, it was call the realtor, the house is yours. And I broke the calm trance of my meditation. I'm like, wow, that's weird. And I always learned to listen to my inner voice and my intuition. So I called the realtor and I said, Jess, I said, call on that house that I love. And he said, oh, that was sold. And she goes, and she's checking the computer. I said, can you do me a favor? Just call the realtor. I just have a really strong hunch. And I didn't want to tell her how I got this message to call. And she calls me back. She goes, oh my God, how did you know the man that had the money offer down on your home has some kind of a medical condition. He's not moving to Florida after all. I said, put the contract in, the house is mine. And this is just one of like 40 examples, how I can tell you how to use the law of attraction and meditation to manifest your dreams and your goals and make your your life happen for you. So we work a lot with mindset, my coaching clients and I. It's something we're always working on and developing to be stronger with higher and more intuition. We go from any negative mindset into positivity, any anger to forgiveness, and we make all the unconscious into conscious awareness. So the mind work is so important in coaching to create the life that you desire. Each one of those I could go in like for hours and hours on, but it's kind of a summary tonight. There will be a mindset program, I promise you guys. Okay, number three in that column is heart. That means having compassion for others and kindness and empathy to try to understand other people's issues or problems. Even your partner, you know, if they're adamant about something, try to be in their shoes and say, I don't understand it, but I see this is important to you. Explain to this more to me or... It's okay. I don't see your point of view, but I see it's important to you. So I totally respect what you're saying to me and communicate with love. You know, there's never a reason to yell at your partner only if they're in danger or harm's way. There's never a reason to yell at your children. As a parent, you are a teacher. The word discipline comes from the Bible. It means to teach. We need to teach and communicate with love. And that is so important. That's what we call heart. And the last one is spirit. And spirit is a huge part of my program, the spirituality part, because you need faith to risk growing and transformation and change. Spirit is always needed to transform your life and to grow with continued confidence. Even when you might have had a hard day or the transformation is difficult, by people going through divorce that are saddened or, or a major relationship issue, the spirit part helps them get through. And it's just so important to risk and grow. And spirituality is all about giving back, right, to your fellow man and to the world in some way. That whole person model is so super important to inner happiness and knowing who you are. I guess you can see how that is. And then the next one we'll go into is the four needs. The first one is to live with passion. You've got to love your life before you can love another. And so that's careers and family, having great friends, loving your environment, family, bonding and love 
and loving your career. And let's get evolved. And we're talking about all the interior, uh, psychological, exterior needs that you need to feel like you're an evolved and happy person. So we're going to keep going with what the four needs were. The first one was to live with passion. And the second one is to learn. Again, we hit on that under the whole person to continue to grow, learn new skills, have amazing hobbies. That's part of the fun in life to challenge yourself to learn new things. The fourth is to love and be loved, to love without fear. And when clients come to me, they've often been very hurt in a love relationship. They're usually very successful in business, but they struggle in love and they might have been greatly hurt. As we take their journey and go step by step, they learn to open their heart and mind to receive love again. And there's also love from friends and family. So love is a big universal message and it is the first and most primary need in every human being. And the last one is to leave a legacy. A lot of that is through people's work or it could be a volunteer position. What is your passion? What is it that you want to do to give back to the world that you've touched some lives and some souls? Like even as a talent agent, I love seeing people succeed in reaching their dreams. Some people say, well, how does a talent agent become a psychotherapist who becomes a global coach? They're all related. Oh, also the interfaith minister. I'm an interfaith minister too. They're all about people reaching their dreams and being a part of making their dreams important and doing the step-by-step goals to make them reach their dreams in a very safe and exciting way. They take the risk, but they're ready to take the risk. And they the whole plan lined out and they get so excited when they reach their goals and dreams. So it's great to be a part of that. The next column is the four intelligences. The first one is physical intelligence. And that's, again, respect of overall health, your physical being, realizing that you are part of the universal whole. So what you do does affect everybody else. So if you're putting kindness out into the world, that's going to affect the next person who will affect the next person. And just the opposite. If you're angry and nasty, then you're going to affect somebody else's day in an angry, nasty way. And that will continue. Be alert to what messages you're putting out there. Mental intelligence, always learning, always challenging yourself to the next goal that makes you feel excited about life when you're always growing. I love Tony Robbins saying, he says, if you're not growing, you're dying. And then that when I always stuck with me. I've been a Tony Robbins fan since I was very young. I used to play his cassette tapes to my kids and they grew up learning Tony Robbins as well. And a couple of years ago, I was asked to be a Tony Robbins coach but at the exact same time I was moving to Florida and I couldn't handle both of those at the same time. But I have a huge respect for what he teaches. And yes, I walked on the hot coals. That was amazing. 12 feet of hot coals, 2200 degrees. You walk across, you look straight ahead, you walk as calm as you can be. You cannot run and you just say, cool moss cool moss, like you're walking on moss, not hot coals. And it is so powerful to know that you have that kind of control over your mindset and you leave that seminar thinking, I can do anything if I can work on hot coals. And I'd love to dance. I'm like, oh, I don't want to ruin my dancing feet. Just have to get yourself in such a mindset to be able to handle that. It's a fascinating experience. If you haven't done it, I highly suggest it. The next one is emotional intelligence, and that is what I define as doing what's for the good of all. That is a spiritual concept. My clients learn to work with these four questions. Does my thought, action, words, or deed hurt me in any way, hurt the person that I love, hurt my children or my extended family, 
or hurt my reputation on the job and in the community? And if any of those are a yes, you do not do the action. So they learn to stop and think about those four questions before they write a text, an email, uh, say something on the phone, say something in person. They learn to slow everything down because the unconscious acts an impulse, just does what it wants, says what it wants without thinking. To be consciously aware, which is about only four to five percent of our population, you think before you do, say, or act. Very important. And when you do that, the overall is, is this good for me and everyone else? Is it for the good of all? So that concept is really important with my clients and it does change their life in many ways. The last one is spiritual intelligence, the spiritual laws of success. Really important that it keeps you growing. And when you continue to study, get into some kind of study that you really love and respect that you can tap into every week. So whether that's reading a book, going to a church or temple or some kind of a service, and you don't have to go anywhere. Like spiritual people just are. We act from a place of spirituality all the time. You don't have to go into a building like once a week for an hour to be faith-based. It's part of just who we are. We're spiritual beings all the time. If you can get to that point of spiritual being, your life just feels so much more amazing. The last column is the four attributes. First one is discipline. You are able to discipline yourself to eating well, sleeping your eight hours, exercising on a regular basis, do conscious living and daring to dream. Conscious living without drama. Discipline to think before you do or act. You know, that is discipline. Second is vision. And I call it the vision to create new and exciting things. So whether that's a business or a piece of art or a new meal, just vision to create creating makes you very happy just create something like I said even if it's your hobby it's not your everyday job creation keeps you happy and it's part of creating the future that you want daring to dream and the other five D's that I went into next is a passion for life the way you love the way you work your friends enjoying nature hobbies and exploring the world. Like I just have such a high passion for travel because I enjoy meeting people from all over the world and enjoying their culture and their foods, the architect, the history, the museums. Everywhere I go, I always go to museums and the top tourist attractions because I learn so much and I just a huge zest for life. My last trip was in Acapulco and it was so cool watching the cliff divers dive off this huge, huge cliff cliffs and they climb up them from the water in their bare hands and feet in a little tank suit. And I can see like coming down off the high hill, you know, from a house or something, getting to the top and diving down, that's challenging enough. But to climb up on these slippery rocks with wet hands and feet, I was like amazed. And these five gentlemen are part of a family that's been doing this since the 1930s. Their fathers and their uncles and their cousins are doing this. So it's all a family tradition. I thought it was fascinating. That's the kind of thing that I think is so cool. You just don't see that in the U.S. But Acapulco is known for having the cliff diver. So of course I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. And going to you know their top restaurants that are high up on the cliffs and overlooking the water. So I went to Tony's Bistro and I'll put a shout out for Tony and his family because I went there and have a side company called Romance International Travel. 
And everywhere I go, I write up these experiences. So I met Tony, then I met his wife, and I met his son. And the son said, you got to come up to our disco. The disco is the best disco in town. I was at the VIP table all night. It's called Palladium. And it was amazing. One night of just saying hello, and this is an exercise I say to my clients, to meet someone of the opposite sex or just say hello to people. It's the best way to meet a new love. Don't be shy about that or a new friend or have an amazing new experience like I did. It was phenomenal. And that's part of Zest for Life. That's why I love to travel. And the last one is a conscious awareness. In my coaching program, our module one is called Awake to Awareness because so many people live their life so unconsciously that we do a full assessment of where the troubles are, what what patterns are bringing forward in life from their past childhood dating or relationship trauma. We wake that part up, understand where is it coming from, why it happened, how it's affecting them now in their adult life. I'll give you an example. Let's say go through the whole traumas in show number one. It's a really important show for you to listen to. But there's 10 childhood traumas. Actually, there's 22, but I talk about 10 of them, the most common. And trauma number seven is very common. It's called personal trauma. And this is if you were bullied as a kid, didn't feel like you fit in. You might have had a medical condition when you were young or very skinny and gawky or a little overweight. and You were teased or bullied or didn't fit in. Okay, so that's trauma seven. So what can result from trauma seven? One being a workaholic. Why? Because you want to prove to everyone you're worthy. Okay, you don't realize it's coming from that pain of childhood trauma, but that's one of the traumas that leads to workaholism where you want to be successful. So you are admired and looked up to and told that, wow, you know what you do makes a difference or wow, look at your beautiful home from the work that you do. That's coming from trauma number seven. And something else that can come from there is jealousy. If you're out with a partner and you perceive them to be beautiful or handsome and you think someone else is always after them or wants them, that's because trauma number seven is kicking in. There's other 10 other traumas and there's others that go into jealousy, but that is also one of them. Awake to Awareness looks at everybody's past traumas. How is it playing out in their adult life? And then we work on that in three to six month programs to make sure that is out of their life completely. And the unconscious is now consciously aware of what they do say and act. If they're triggered as an adult, let's say there's a trigger of jealousy, they know the mindset work to say to themselves to get them beyond that trauma feeling and calm themselves down. Now, I know this is coming from one of my traumas. I know everything's okay. I know he really loves me. I know we're having a great night. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just going to hold him tight and say, I love you, babe. And boom, you're good. That is something you can do. That's just one example. But we go through what would be comfortable for each person. If a trigger comes up, that comes from the past. And pretty soon, they barely ever come up when you do this work. It's also meaning aware of what you want, what you do, you say, you write before doing it. And that question, is it for the good of all? That's the four expression of ultimate happiness that helps define who you are. So they're really important. We have so much to go into. I could speak for hours on this, guys. We're going to go into something called the core values of someone. And there's quite a few of them. So I'll hopefully get through before the show is done. 
Um, these are also really important to feel amazing about who you are. Let's start with one. It's honesty, speaking your truth and sharing your experience. When you live in honesty, people that lie have to cover up their lies with other lies. It becomes a non-ending cycle of negativity, fear, anxiety. When you're coming from truth and authenticity, just share your opinion with love. It's such a free feeling to live and be in honesty. You don't have to hide anything. You just are who you are. It's just being an authentic person. It really feels great. Simplicity, keeping things beautifully simple. Don't have to keep things complex. The simpler things are, the happier you're going to be. I usually have keywords in my life. And one year it was simplify my life. And that was when I was working five jobs and supporting my girls and writing books and going all over, <laughs> working in the schools with kids of trauma and then coming home and doing things therapy at night and writing on the weekends. It was a difficult schedule. And I said, you know what, this year I'm going to simplify my life. And that really worked. So having keywords that you put on your life for that year really helps you to recognize if things are getting too complex to keep it more simple. The next one is respect, honoring yourself and every person that you encounter, young or old, similar or different than you. After all, we're all God's kids right? We're all part of this human being race. It's scary sometimes talking about nuclear wars and all the shootings and everything else. It's, it's funny how humans step up when people are traumatized, but we need to step up for each other every day, right? We need to respect each other with love and compassion, seeing how we can be helpful in each day. The next one is transparency. Again, this is on the theme of being authentically you. And it's the freedom of not hiding anything. Just this is who I am. And some people will never like you and it's okay. And some people will love and adore you and you'll have friends for life. And that's great too, because everyone has a type. As I say to my singles, as they're out there in dating world, don't be hurt. If someone says, just not my type, say, you know, that's okay. I wish you love. And I always say, tell them goodbye, good luck, and God bless and send them off in a spiritual and happy way because we all have a type and it's okay. Just be yourself. Next one is integrity, which is doing the right things when nobody's looking. And I always add, after all, God is watching you and you're going to be found out. But when you live in integrity, again, it's honesty. It's simple. It's clean. It's comfortable. There's no stress in your life because you align your body, your words, your soul, your thought, your entire being with what's right, your core values. Okay. Humor is another one. And I want to clarify, humor is about a situation. It's never about a person. When you put humor towards a person or cut them up or put them down, that's called sarcasm. And it's hurtful. Sarcasm is one way that people of childhood trauma express their humor. And it's not funny. Like when somebody says, oh, I want someone with a really great sense of humor and they're putting people down and initially they're laughing. Well, sooner or later, you're going to be the object of the sarcasm and it's not so funny then. Be careful that you're using humor, which is about a situation that is never hurtful versus sarcasm, which is hurtful. The next one is humility. Keeping in mind that no one is better or less than who we are. 
We're all living humans in this universal world. Having humility is not about your ego, but it's about leaving our legacy in the world. We all have much to learn to be better and more loving human beings. It's great to come as far as we have, but there's always more to learn. Next is creativity, playing and joy, inventing, feeling the magical life of creativity. And curiosity comes with endless learning and wanting to know more. So those are defined as the core values and having those core values present in your life does certainly help you feel happier. Okay. Is there any questions? I have one question emailed to me today and I do want to make sure I cover that tonight. There's more to cover, but this one seemed important. This is from Paul in Chicago. Hey, Rihanna, my lady and I fight sometimes. I think it's normal, but she cowers and cries until I stop. We seem to have the same issues. Mostly, I want more sex and she's not wanting it as much as I do. Then I get mad and I shut down towards her. How can we solve this merry-go-round? There's a few things I want to address in here, Paul. And first of all, thank you for your question. I know this question is going to help a lot of people. And that's why I love when you write your questions in everyone. Just it's lessons in life and love show at gmail.com. First of all, when you say, I think it's normal that you fight sometimes, I want to ask you, how bad is it? What did you witness as a child? If you saw your mom and dad fighting all the time, you might think fighting is normal. And it's just, ah, we fight sometimes. But she, if she had a peaceful environment, she may think you guys fight all the time. And then the question comes up, if she cowers and cries, that might have been her coping mechanism when someone yelled at her. Now it's also becoming learned behavior because she's going to keep crying because you finally stop. You push her to the point of crying, but she knows if she cries, you're finally going to stop yelling at her. Some of this is unconscious. Some of it is learned behavior. We got to break it down and see what what the fights are. Now, you say the same issue is you want more sex and she's not wanting it as much. Well, there's reasons why. First of all, many people don't know this, but the man's sexual center of the brain is seven times that of a woman's. You wanting it all the time is not how a woman thinks. You can get easily excited, but a woman needs her five senses ignited before she feels sexual or sensual. This is why I keep saying have date night twice a week, at least Wednesday and Friday or Saturday. And it doesn't have to be a night. It could be a day where you're going out and really enjoying the day together. Get her out of the house where if she's in her house. She's thinking of everything she has to do, the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry. And yes, men, you should be doing half of that. So she's not overwhelmed and too tired. Are you helping out around the house? Are you pissing her off? Because you're not. Are you dating her? Are you continuing to romance her? Because she does not have that physical urge as much as you do. It's more emotional that she's connecting with to have sex. So if you're getting mad and shutting down towards her, you're like acting passively aggressive every time you want to be sexual. So she is equating sex to anger. And that's pushing her away even more. Instead, let's say you had a a nice date, you dress nice for her, you look nice, you're telling her she looks beautiful, you go dancing, you're connected that way, you go laugh. I mean, my favorite date is a comedy show and then going to dance because you're really connected, you're laughing, you're having a really great time. Then she's going to feel more sensual 
because a woman, cave woman, needs to feel safe and cherished before she feels sexual. So if you're angry and yelling and aggressive, she's not attracted and you keep pushing her away by being passively aggressive. Make sure you start dating her. Don't push her. It's okay for her to say, babe, I'm not feeling that way tonight, but she'll remember you desire her. Take her out. Start building the friendship back. Stop the tantrums around sex. It's making you feel like a bully and demanding, which is pushing her desire totally out the door. Traumas around sex definitely come from childhood trauma. A lot of men that always want sex all the time is trying to prove in some way they're a man or they're equating sex with this. I need sex to feel love or to feel good enough or to feel like a man enough. It's almost like the men that are constantly going to the gym and blowing up their bodies like Popeye. They do that because sometimes they feel they need that to get that sexual attraction. Paul, I hope that helps. Thank you for your question. I know we got to start wrapping up tonight. This is all we have and there's so much more, but I will continue this conversation next week as well as going into the qualities of the emotionally healthy relationship and is you or your partner offering the emotionally healthy love. There's 16 traits I'm going to hit. So we want to make sure you are with us next week. That is all we have. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. If you didn't get a chance to ask your questions again, just email me at lessons in life and love show at gmail.com. Or if you want to talk to me in person, just apply for free life and love transformation discovery session. It's a $500 value. You just need to go to my website. It's rihannamilne.com and I hope to talk to you then. Have a beautiful week and thank you for listening to Lessons in Life and Love on Bold Brave Media. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to rihannamilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at rihannamilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.